I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I do less of that. I, I like to read more than I'd like to listen. Sorry for the Uncaged Wisdom podcast. But Great point, Amadine. <laughs> <laughs> Uncaged Wisdom, Cheetah Digital's podcast for modern marketing. Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of Uncaged Wisdom, a podcast for modern marketers. I'm Kayla Sigmeyer. And I'm Julian Bracey Davis. As you may have noticed, we're switching up roles this week for a special edition of Uncaged Wisdom, celebrating International Women's Day. So as we all take time to observe and celebrate the vital role of women throughout history this March, it's also a good moment for us to take a true look at what it means to be a woman practitioner and leader in our own profession. Despite the wide acknowledgement that diversity is key to making better products with broader appeal, women only represent 25% of the tech industry. Similarly, Gartner's research revealed that only 22% of all leaders in IT are female. To discuss this, along with their unique insights and challenges they face while successfully building a career in software and MarTech, we have two of Cheetah's best and brightest VPs, Amandine Servais, VP Demand Generation, and Francesca Gillette, VP Brand and Community at Cheetah Digital. Welcome, Fran and Amandine. Hello, Kayla. How are you doing? Hi, guys. Hello. Oh, <laughs> it's nice to be here. Well, Julian, you're taking on the icebreaker this week, so let's go ahead and get started off. Fran, starting with you, who has inspired you as a figure in your life for your career? Oh, that is a, that's quite hard. <laughs> Definitely wasn't prepared for this. Um, a lot of people obviously kind of like helped me along the way. Uh, but I think in regards to, I feel like I might kind of use a podcast rather than a person um, and then kind of, you know, pulling in all those people. But there's a particular podcast called Women at Work um, and it just kind of has loads of episodes. It face it talks about all the things that women face uh, throughout their careers, whether you're starting off or whether you're, you know, um, high up in your career. It's just sort of given me a lot of advice kind of along the way. Uh, mm-hmm. They have particular, you know, episodes that cover certain things that might relate to you. Um, and I think a podcast is just a nice way to digest something that, you know, you might not be realizing that you're facing that particular um, obstacle. Um, and, you know, these people yeah. you don't know, but they kind of, you know, help you along the way. So not necessarily a person as much, but kind of a group of women that are there in the background kind of cheering, cheering me on. So <laughs> very good recommendation, Fran. Excellent. Amadine, what about yourself? Um, don't want to sound like I'm in the Oscar ceremony, but uh, I would say my mom. <laughs> um, just because um, she had three children, never gave up her job, always worked uh, from 16 years old to when she retired, like uh, five or six years ago. Always told me to not be dependent on a man. Um, always be able to take care of myself, uh, always let me do the study I wanted to do, um, and um, always uh, cheer me up when I have um, sometime like low time or um, I'm tired and I'm exhausted by the children or the work. And um, yeah, really, uh, 
it can kind of sound cheesy sometimes, but um, it's uh, it was a good role model uh, to see that you know you can have both ways and having a family and uh, having a career. Wonderful answer. And Kayla, I'm actually going to ask you the same question. This is a twist. Oh man, I think my brother has really influenced me as in my career a lot. So he has pushed me um, when it came to college and in my career, always making sure that I'm never accepting no, I'm never settling. Um, And he definitely is a huge advocate of mine. And it's helped me get to where I am today and not, not let me kind of sit down ever. If you two were to describe to your daughter or son or husband, et cetera, just someone who's not in this situation on a day-to-day basis, what or how would you explain to them are the most influential things to impact your career? So the most influential things that impacts my career, I think, if I knew what I know now when I was 25 years old, I would probably focus more on building my personal brand, which I think is sometimes we kind of think later in our career, but um, is actually as important as your professional skills. And this is probably something that um, females are maybe less good at. kind of tend to narrow our circle to the people that we work closely with and they will understand what we're good at uh, but it's actually not good enough especially when you want to go up the ladder you need to make sure that every um, not everywhere but as much as you can like your hobbies your networking you also put your um, your personal personal brand up there and not just focusing on the group of people you're working with. Yeah, I think to kind of build on Amadine's point, I think, you know, expanding kind of your your circle, your network um, within the industry and just within your company, you know, like making a point of socializing with people, like building up those relationships, um, like you'll feel more comfortable in your role as, you know, um, as a leader or as anyone, if you've kind of got those more personal relationships in play. Um, And I think as well, kind of like documenting your wins, like throughout your career, Um, you know, you might think as and when you do something, oh, I remember that, like, I don't need to write that down, but it might be the smallest thing. But, and even if you're not kind of job searching, I think kind of documenting those accomplishments as and when you have them um, will give you a kind of clearer idea of what you can bring to the table as and when, like you need to bring that up. Taking it from, you know, the less positive side, I think there's something that we talked about earlier around the four balancing acts that were written about in the Harvard Business Review. There's these double standards in terms of women have to be demanding, yet caring, authoritative, yet participative, advocating for themselves while still serving others and maintaining distance while still being approachable. 
So why do you think that these double standards exist and how do you manage it? Yeah, this is a big question. Um, you know, we face the need to be warm and nice, but then we also face the need to be, you know, competent and tough. It's kind of what society traditionally expects from, from like us as leaders. And so I think, yeah, you're either too hard or you're too soft. So it's the way to kind of negotiate those uh, tensions I think in regards to like how we challenge that, I'm still very much learning how to do that. But I think, you know, as and when you kind of adapt to things. So I think adapting to the situation. Um, so sometimes you might need to demonstrate niceness um, and toughness in different situations and potentially towards different audiences. And then sometimes you might, you know, you need to be kind of caring and collaborative first um, and then potentially like demanding on tough, you know, once you've kind of tried one route, I also think another route to potentially look on is, you know, to be tough on tasks, but soft on people. So like deadlines, you can be, you know, tough on a deadline, like we have to have this report at this particular time. But then when it comes to actually working with um, like your team, uh, potentially adding that kind of softer approach. How did you navigate your way of trying sometimes to be, you know, a, a tough leader, which we all can be, balancing that with some of the things that are just as important, but perhaps less used, which is, you know, empathy and, uh, and, and, and understanding? I think kind of just working out, you know, what your strengths are as a leader. Like, you know, if if you can use your, you know, you're a bit more charismatic or you're a bit more creative, I think you have to try and, you know, push that into into things like you know you don't have to be assertive you don't have to kind of you know be aggressive to kind of take that leadership role you can just you know lean in on your other strengths and without knowing it you might kind of build your own way of of leading yeah i think it's um it's that likability trap um there's a book about that that i started to read recently it's um how the more successful you get especially in for, for female, the less likable you become. Um, and um, it's to, to refer to Fran's point, it's like you, you kind of have to sometimes make, make a choice. You, you can't be uh, everything, it's the catch 22. Um, so you do have to make the decision on um, what's important for you, right? Um, do I want to be liked in my job? Do I want to be efficient? Do I want to be um, fair? Um, and try to find your own way and keep your personality. So not try to fit in the leadership standards that were mostly created by um, male leadership and um, actually try to have your own way. Um, so yeah, really difficult to keep that balance, obviously, yeah. One of the things that I noticed is kind of that double standard as well, where when you have a male leader and they get upset, it's just kind of understandable and like, okay, get it, right? But from a female's perspective, it's like, oh, she's really mean, she's really rude. And you're looked at as kind of that negative influence. But if you're trying to be kind and nice and understanding and flexible, it's, oh, she's kind of, she's too nice, right? Like we can kind of walk all over her. And it's a really hard balance. Have you ever experienced that? Not too much because I try to be as a balance in the way I manage situation as I can. I 
I don't speak too loud. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm pretty calm. Um, even though I get the same amount of stress as everybody else, I try to keep um, it as non-visible as I can um, and probably release later when I'm done and the call is over or the meeting is over. Uh, but I, yeah, I did observe that in, into some of the meetings that we are in, where you have uh, more male uh, presence um, and you get into a very tense situation. Um, and I think even now in that virtual setting that we're all in uh, with Zoom meeting only, it's even more difficult for uh, female to get their voice through uh, meetings and get being being heard in meeting. And sometimes you have to raise your voice and you don't want to see uh, be seen like that hysterical type of person, right? I think that's great. And actually kind of brings us into the next question that I wanted to talk about. Um, McKinsey released a report last fall, so in September, and it was titled Women in the Workplace. And their opening statement was actually, in a year marked by crisis and uncertainty, corporate America is at a crossroads. The choices companies make today will have consequences on gender equality for decades to come. With everyone being remote today, we're exclusively on Zoom. So how is this affecting your life kind of going into more detail around that so in terms of having these conversations and making yourself heard I think for me it kind of it's kind of worked in both ways I think kind of on one hand you do have that fear of criticism like judgment when you speak up in a meeting that you've got there is a bit more pressure that you're kind of going to interrupt someone um, which is potentially leads more towards that kind of stereotype of a potentially like a masculine leader who's a bit more kind of like talks louder or bolder um so you do have that like oh gosh like should I interrupt them to get my point across or am I going to actually add value um is it am I going to have enough like stats to back myself up if someone asks me a question on the other hand it's kind of been a, a bonus for me um because kind of you know if you go to present you know, for 50 people in a room, like it's really nerve wracking, but you know, with an online audience of 50, you can just go to share your screen and actually you can not see any of them. So you can kind of get yourself prepared in the, you know, the Zoom speaking uh, ways of working. And then you can kind of help put yourself, you know, help you get to where you need to be for post Zoom. Like, does that make sense? So I just feel like it's, it is a kind of like a stepping stone um, if you feel nervous about speaking in front of people and speaking in big groups, you can kind of use this period of the past year where you can get to a point where you can say, okay, I am nervous about speaking at this presentation, but I can, you know, pretend no one's there and I can just sit in my office at home um, and pretend I'm just talking to myself. So it kind of, it's been like a stepping stone. Yeah, I think to fans' point, um, <clears throat> presenting in front of larger audience gets easier, obviously, when you don't have to be on stage um because you you yeah you don't feel uh the eyes on you um but i think in smaller meetings um where maybe i will have the tendency to be very respectful uh to everybody's time uh to speech uh, sorry to speak um it might be tricky because then i wouldn't get my share fair uh of speaking time because I would wait for someone else. Uh, um, 
to finish whatever um, whatever they were, wanted to talk about. And then other people um, will, will then take over the conversation. So I think, it, and we see that also not only in internal meeting, but it also happened in like external events. It's very complicated to moderate conversation um, with a, a small crowd uh, when you are on a virtual settings. Like I, I would say alpha people will even um, tend to take over the situation even more than when it is in uh, actual physical meetings or round tables. There's a saying that goes, you know, mothers are expected to work as if they don't have children and parents as if they don't work. So as a mom, we're constantly working. We're pulling these double shifts where in the days we're working and then at night we're parenting and that's just how it's always been. And then this past year, everything changed and where we're used to having this clear divide where, okay, we're at work and we're able to be at work and then we're home and we're home with our kids. Now it's all mixed together. And we have kids joining our Zoom calls. How are you dealing with all of this and still maintaining that leadership perspective as well and having people take you seriously, not only as a leader, but understanding that you also need to be a mother and you're trying to just do it all? Yeah, that's a good question. Um... It is super hard um, balancing your family time with your um, work life is not an Instagram picture at all. Um, you, especially now, like you said, you have your work in your home and your home in your work. Um, I think the first time my son um, came into a Zoom meeting, I was terrified and I was really almost, you're almost like a shame because it would never happen in a um, non-COVID situation, right? Uh, and then you you kind of like assume, like you, you, you just need to, to own it. It's like, uh, I'm working in my place. I have my children um, working long hours um, and I need to make sure I devote enough time for both uh, because otherwise I wouldn't be a good leader if I was frustrated by the fact that I couldn't spend enough time with my family. Um, so I do know now that starting 6 p.m. my time, there's a chance that a kid might come in and then it actually always happened when I have virtual meeting with uh, my CMO. So if He's seen my son trying to shoot me with a Nerf gun or trying to do <laughs> a very bizarre thing. It's, I think it kind of makes you more even human to um, even your direct report. Um, and um, it's just trying to find out how you can keep yeah, credibility in your work while you also um, spend enough time with your children at home. It's a leadership question, but it's an actual, it's actually like every female employee um, needs to uh, find that right balance. Um, and it's tougher and tougher, right? And it also depends, I guess, on your manager. Some are like, they accept and they actually enjoy the fact that you are a, a mom because I believe you 
we should hire more moms at manager leadership level because you have that tendency to know how to manage um, several projects at the same time. You know, you have that um, empathy uh, even more because you have to do it in your um, personal life. Um, we, we usually, we don't promote enough that being a mom is actually a professional skill, I think. <laughs> um, I don't know where you could put that on your resume, but you should. Because um, you, you've been trained to plan so much your life. Fran, just to get your opinion as well, because, um, you know, we don't want to make it too personal, but we will mention, we, you know, some of us have got kids, some of us don't have kids. Your marriage is two successful people doing their own thing. How do you guys, uh, or have you tried to navigate, you know, being busy at different times and have you ever, have you had the impact of like the, the second shift perhaps oh good question I wasn't expecting this to come my way <laughs> I like um, you on your toes Fran yeah you do um yeah I think I think I think it's helped being in well it's helped and been a hindrance but like you know COVID um especially with kind of our working hours as Amadine kind of says you know we do work a lot with the US um so you can get into the evening and suddenly it's kind of like you know half seven and you've still got a ton of work to do and the kitchen's a mess and the dog hasn't been walked and the you know dinner hasn't been made and you've still got to you know call your mom and your friends and do your washing so it's kind of like you know I think me and my husband both work in a very you know one one night I'll do the cooking one night he'll do the cooking you know one night we'll work late one night we won't um I think it's very much a, a shared responsibility of ownership of both of our roles like we're both very res respectful um he's kind of starting up his own business and his own company you know and I've kind of got this more secure kind of uh workplace but I definitely think it is becoming much more of an equal match um and I think it's who you're in a relationship with that you know is your person that kind of you know will support you till the end like you said you shouldn't see like your husband is helping it's not about helping it's like your team it doesn't help me it just play the role is supposed to play your support network for for your family you're, you're one rather than like you do this I do this it's just more of a um you know a nice little circle yeah and kind of going back to what you said on Dean I think it's important for all leaders to kind of acknowledge mothers and their kids joining in on this I think that has helped helped me a lot in become feeling more confident in my position here and being a mom more confident than I have felt in other positions at other companies just because they engage with my children, right? They acknowledge that they're there. They'll, you know, joke around with them, say hi, have stop calls or, you know, they're accepting of the situation and they understand and they, you know, acknowledge it instead of kind of making you feel like, oh my gosh. My son, English is much better now that I'm working from home because every time he comes <laughs> in, he wants to speak with, well, you and people over there in the UK or the US. And yeah, he's learned the world. That's good. <laughs> I like it when um, like, I, I'm on calls with you guys and your little ones come up. I think it's like a, it's a really lovely thing that they're A, got the you know, confidence to kind of say hello. And it kind of makes me kind of understand and get to know you guys better. I think it's a really nice, um, like nice, something nice that's come out of COVID for sure. There are a lot of stereotypes when it comes to females. Maybe we're too soft, we don't work well under pressure, et cetera. 
as leaders, how have you been able to overcome these and grow into higher positions throughout your career? Or have you overcome them? And is this something you still battle with as VPs? I think what's really important as well is probably what we don't think about enough is the sorority part in also um, work environment. Fran and I, we work a lot together. We discuss frustration to de- together. We give each other advice on how you should manage a situation um, that is um, more difficult than another ones. Um, and I think it does help to speak with someone else that has the same um, seniority level that can give you advice on how that she will manage the situation and also give you feedback on how maybe you you manage that meetings. Uh, so next time you have to present something or you're into a uh, conversation when you have to um, get your opinion through the door, uh, it's really important for me to have that uh, another female point of view um yeah I mean I can I completely agree with Armadine on that I think having that kind of ally um that you can kind of you know go back and forth on things and kind of think like was I you know was it over the top or have I not quite you know understood this properly um I think that's really important um I think I, I'm very much at the beginning of kind of understanding this journey uh, I think I've got you know a lot to learn in regards to kind of uh, leadership and especially in you know we are in a kind of you know a male orientated environment um where we are so I'm still kind of you know trying to find my voice as a leader and my path and like what you know what am I as a leader and what what do I want to be your success as a leader um you know it should be determined by your strengths rather than try like rather than how you try and match up with other people um, I think there's, you know, this concept that leadership looks this way um, and you have to be, you know, bold or loud or whatever. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think, you know, you have your own qualities and you should try and work out what they are and, and you know, and how you kind of put them through. Like you might be creative or charismatic or a problem solver. Um, I think your leadership will grow as you kind of work out what those strengths are and how you can kind of push those forward um, and just not necessarily worry too much about not being that stereotypical type of leader. I'm, I'm doing the hand signal, even though this is a podcast. Yeah, and also probably accept the fact that you are a leader. It's sometimes yeah. very bizarre. Like we're just doing that call now and we talk about leadership and sometimes you're like, am I actually a leader or is it just a title? hundred um, percent. So it's really about accepting it yourself first uh, and then demonstrate what your leadership is about. Gotta own it. Women are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When we're talking about recruiting and job roles and expectations, they haven't really evolved at all. They're kind of still skewed really heavily towards this idea of a single working male household where their mom is at home a wife is at home, et cetera. What would you like to see change and how can women approach specific questions or issues so as not to isolate themselves, but still make it work for what they need? I see a little bit more and actually more probably in the SaaS industry than anywhere else, the world flexible hours um, in, um, in when you have a job post out there. Um, 
yeah your 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 job is maybe it's in some industry it is nine to five and it's now um if it gives you more flexibility to work your work life and your personal life um almost as embedded so you don't have to say i'm going i'm at, at work at 8.30 sharp, and then I will leave at 5 sharp. But gives you the flexibility to say, I might start today at 9.30, uh, because there's another family project that I really want to deliver on that day or do. Um, see, deliver, not the right word for family. but um, And um, I think that's really important for me if, if I look to uh, hire someone, is to understand that I give them that flexibility, but I, I also appreciate flexibility in return. So there might be some time that, yeah, they have to work later and then next day they will be able to start working uh, later as well. I think as um, not even leader, but just manager or, or as a company, we need to have um, me, we need to be more flexible in what we ask for to our employee. Um, and a good work-life balance actually gives better productivity in the end. So forcing people to be there at a certain time or leave at a certain time um, might not be as productive as we think. So there is a lack of female leaders, which means a lack of female mentors that can guide us. How do you, how can we manage that? Where do we go to look for mentorship? Where do we go to support one another? Um, what's your best advice? I think pulling on your female colleagues. Um, so as Armadine kind of mentioned earlier, like, you know, we collect, we connect a lot on, um, you know, on, on things that are going on and like how we've acted and like, you know, what we should kind of, uh, go to to a situation um i think whether they're necessarily your mentor or, or a friend um you know you can definitely go to them and kind of ask them their advice um i think at the end of the day obviously i know you know this is kind of you know a female uh podcast uh but i do think at the end of the day a good mentor is a good mentor um you know choosing the right mentor for you will kind of depend on the quality of that person and you know what they have in them um and it will depend on you as well. I think it depends on, you know, your goals, like the stage you're at, your career, um, where you want to go, like what you want out of that relationship. Um, you know, all mentors bring different things to the table. Um, if you're a right match, it could be a man, it could be a woman. Um, I think we need their support and they need our support. So I think it's very much kind of the mentor, you'll find the right mentor for you, um, whether that's a man, a woman or whatever, it's someone that can help guide you and you feel comfortable with. Obviously they have less choice, like you said, because um, they're less female leaders. Um, but um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of groups on um, LinkedIn, International Women's Day also have like community, um, that are out there, which um, are not like proper mentoring, I say, but actually can give you some piece of advice when you are um, having a situation when you do not know how to manage it. Um, so definitely super helpful to connect, follow as much as you can um, those um, women leadership groups or women in tech groups, international women's day groups, uh, read the posts, 
uh, read the story of uh, leaders and success stories. But yeah, that's that's the beauty of uh, of uh, of the internet and all the different social media, right? It's like there is no frontier, and you can ac actually ask advice to anyone. Um, and, and probably get also an, another point of view from a different culture that you could apply also in your uh, work environment. We like to end on a bit of uncaged wisdom. I have a nine-year-old stepdaughter who's almost 10, and I've also just had another daughter who's currently seven months. With them, they're going to have conversations about being a woman in the workplace and building a successful career if you were to give them or you know other children advice probably what i said at the beginning is like think of your personal brand <clears throat> as soon as you can in your career and enjoy the moments and the opportunities don't as much as i love to plan things i think sometimes um yeah, take all the opportunity that you get, um, and then keep moving. Like, don't, don't, don't stop and lose time to reflect too much on the past. Yeah, learn from the mistake, but then move on. I think I would say, kind of, you know, take on opportunities that make you feel uncomfortable. Um, as horrible and daunting as they are, they're the ones that you know give you the most growth. Um, I think in, you know in order to move forward you have to put yourself out there so whether that's you know putting yourself forward for a project lead or a speaking role or you know doing a podcast I think you know you know you're going to feel awkward and you're not quite sure how it's going to go but overall you will grow from that opportunity well Amandine thank you very much Merci. and Fran thank you as well thank you for having me Subscribe to Uncaged Wisdom for the latest and greatest in digital marketing insights and how they're solving problems with software and strategies.